With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! This is Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. With R.J. Bell out, here's Bernie Fratto. With Selection Sunday just hours away, I'd like to invoke baseball to make a point about March Madness. You see, baseball is a game predicated on failure. Every 15 seconds, there's failure. The pitcher fails to throw a strike. The hitter fails to make contact. The fielder fails to make a play. The batter fails to reach base. And so on and so forth. It repeats itself for three hours until someone escapes victorious. And this metaphor for life teaches us Two things. One, failure is never final. And two, you cannot achieve success without setbacks. In other words, of the 68 teams that will take the floor starting Tuesday in the quest to bring home the chalice, the golden chalice, only one will be able to overcome the odds and the speed bumps without killing their dreams. Tonight, we take a deep dive from a Vegas perspective on who just might be able to do the deal for six straight games, or at least help you cash a ticket or two along the way. And on that note, we welcome back 
all of you to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. RJ Bell is on reconnaissance. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Channel 83 from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern with RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers and Jonas Knox. And regardless of the season, know this. As R.J. Bell says, we promise to deliver the Vegas truth to you every Saturday night. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. We dive right in. We take on a lightning round. We're going to play a quick game of contender or pretender. And we're going to project our number one seeds... And whether or not they're a contender to get to the Final Four or a pretender or to be a national champion. Strap on your seatbelts. Here we go. Sleepy, I want to start with Gonzaga. It seems like eons ago because the game was played five days ago. But Gonzaga falls to St. Mary's 60-47. to But I still have them as the number one seed. Give Randy Bennett and St. Mary's a lot of credit for slowing down Gonzaga. They averaged 90 points a game. They held them to 47. The Gales totally controlled the pace from the start. They did a fantastic job of limiting Gonzaga's fast-break opportunities. Got a few good bounces of the ball, played good defense, but chalk this up to familiarity, maybe even complacency, and give Randy Bennett some credit. Having said all that, Sleepy, I still think Gonzaga has the best front court. In the country with Rui Hachimura, who will be a top 10 draft choice in the NBA. Brandon Clark. I saw Brandon Clark play courtside many times, and even when he was at San Jose State, everybody talks about Zion being the best defender in the country. He is. Brandon Clark is a close second. No one talks about him. And the Zangs still have guys like Zach Norvell and Josh Perkins who can stretch the defense. Don't overreact, folks. Let me tell you. Gonzaga is still alive to get to the Final Four, and yes, they're not a pretender. They're a contender to win it all. I'm sticking to my guns, and before you beat me over the head, all I keep hearing about all, all week is Virginia, and they're, it's finally their year, and this is the team that got beat by a 16 seed last year. So if you're going to back Virginia, a team that's got a proven track record of spitting the bit in the tournament, then you can back Gonzaga too. They're two years removed from getting to the Final Sleepy J. I have Gonzaga as the number one seed. I don't disagree with you, Bernie. I also think that they are a contender. I don't think they'll win it all, but I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll side with you here. I'll say contender. To get to the Final Four? Yes. And to win it all? I still think they're a contender there, yep. Let's go to Virginia. They're another number one seed. Now, I went off on a pretty big rant on Virginia last week, and I really wish, Sleepy, they had beaten Florida State and even beaten Duke tonight because... I don't want people listening to say, well, yeah, now you say that, Bernie. Now you say you're going to dot Virginia. I'm still willing to give them a number one seed, but pump the brakes. And Sleepy, I think you have my back. I've been riding them like the rented mule for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for Tony uh, Bennett and, and crew and all the things they've done, but they're not going to win at all. I'm sorry. I have them as a number one seed. I have them as a contender to get to the Final Four, but a pretender to win it all. Why? I think, as they have been in past years, they're vulnerable to an athletic team like a Florida State who's got depth and someone who can spread out that pack line defense. And by the way, the Cavaliers, they play in the toughest conference, but the only, I think, the 18th toughest schedule this year. 
in the country. Look, I know everybody, it's the echo chamber, the group think, they've got the talent, they've got the roster, they've got the offense, they've got discipline, but I'm sticking to my guns. They'll find a way to bust your bracket if you pick them to win it overall. I don't like Virginia to win it all. To win it all. I have them as a pretender. I have them as a contender to get to the Final Four, but I do have them as a number one seed. As I, as I went over last week, last seven years they've been knocked out, never gotten past the Elite Eight, lost by double digits three times. Before last year, they lost to Florida 65-39. So Florida, Syracuse, Michigan State twice, Iowa, and last year Baltimore, Maryland County. They sent Virginia packing. Someone will do it this year too, but they are number one seed. I agree with you, Bernie. I think contender, Final Four, I think pretender for the title. Let's get to North Carolina. They are my third number one seed. Very deserving. North Carolina, the third toughest schedule in the nation in the toughest conference. They beat Duke twice. They were ACC co-champs in the regular season. The Tar Heels, allowing only 91 points per 100 possessions. According to Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency metrics, that makes this the best UNC Tar Heels team since 2011 when they are the number two seed. I think they're number one seed. And by the way, Roy Williams has a team that can get up and down the floor, Sleepy, at 74 possessions a game, this is the fastest North Carolina team ever under Roy Williams. They beat Duke twice. Yes, I know they didn't have Zion. This is a quality team. They are deserving of a number one seed. And I know you're, okay, you're about to tell me when I get to my four seed, you can't have three seeds from the same conference. Well, why not? In 2009, the Big East did, the Big East did it, and they were deserving. But before I get to my number four, number one seed, any thoughts on North Carolina? The only concern I have for the Tar Heels would be their defense. They rank 218th in the country, and North Carolina has a problem, and they can't allow this to hurt them in the tournament, and that's turnovers, Bernie. Right now, number 222 in the nation. If you look at this team, very solid on offense, but the defense is a concern and turnovers is a concern. They have to clean that up, get a little bit better on defense. Obviously, their guard play with that with Kid White, he's very good. They have to work through him. They're going to be tough. They have what Virginia doesn't have, and that is the DNA to close the deal. I not only have North Carolina as a contender to be a Final Four team, I have them as a contender to win the whole schmear, as they say. Duke is my fourth final number one team, and I've actually got them number one overall, Sleepy. I think they unseat Virginia in the last 96 hours. They've earned it. Zion is back. We knew he'd be back. This is going to be a fun tournament if you're a Duke fan. If you're not a Duke fan... You might be a little sad. Duke, the second toughest schedule in the country. Co-champs, ACC regular season, won the ACC tourney. They look like they are loaded for bear. They are going to be an incredibly tough out. I will be surprised if Duke doesn't win it all. Right now, again, I've got them as the number one seed overall. They are a contender to get to the Final Four, certainly, and absolutely a contender to win it all. Contender, obviously, to get to the Final Four and win it all for me. I think the only team that could really give them problem, I don't think they'll get there, is Gonzaga because Gonzaga's inside game is so good. Duke with blocks, Duke with rebounds, very tough. It's going to take a team like Gonzaga to have an A-plus game in the inside to, in order to take Duke down. Let's continue the lightning round. Michigan State, they'll play Michigan tomorrow for the Big Ten Conference Championship uh, in terms of the, uh, the tournament championship in the Big Ten. Michigan State, a number two seed. I believe they'll be, if they beat Michigan tomorrow for a third time, they may get some love to be a number one seed. They're 9-3 and three in quad one games. 
I don't think they'll be a number two seed. 22nd toughest schedule overall. They are a chic Final Four pick. I have them as a contender to be a Final Four team. I have a pretender to win it all. They do get Nick Ward back. I don't think this team can win six in a row. Well, I'll include Michigan State in what I'm about to say, Bernie. I think the entire conference is a pretender. I'll make a prediction right now. There will not be one Big Ten team to make the Elite Eight. All right, then you probably don't think Michigan will either. They had the 42nd toughest schedule this year. By the way, Charles Matthews, he's back. We talked about off-air. How healthy is he? I don't know. Michigan hasn't won more than three straight since January 13th. Contender? No. I don't think they get to the Final Four, and they're certainly not going to win it all. I agree with you 100%, Bernie. I don't think any Big Big Ten teams make an Elite Eight. So. All right, I'm going to jump around here, Sleepy. Nevada, who was the darling last year. By the way, their strength of schedule only ranked 108th. I've seen him play courtside three times this year. Contender to be a Final Four team? Absolutely not. It means they have no chance to win it all either. And I think Sleepy went over this pre-show. Nevada currently eh, about 40 to 1. You're better off lighting your money on fire. At least it'll keep you warm. This team is disengaged. They don't shoot threes well. I, I saw a lot of conflict between them and their coach, Eric Musselman. There's something going on there. And by the way, they don't shoot threes for crap. Part of the reason, their best three-point shooter, Kendall Stevens, graduated last year, masked a lot of their offensive deficiencies. Sleepy, and they went over Boise State the other day. Mm-hmm. They had five assists for their entire team. They were running a playground offense. They got good athletes, and they compete. What they did last year against Texas and Cincinnati was a fluke. I think Nevada, I will fade them week one blindly. I don't care who they play or game one on Thursday or Friday. We'll see where they end up. Nevada, big-time pretender. Nevada scares me because statistically they're actually a pretty good team. But here's the A little other, better defensively. But. Yeah, here's the one thing that, that really scares me with Nevada is the fact that they have a ton of seniors. There is a lot of experience on this team. I think it was a good thing that they actually got beat in the Mountain West tournament. I think they come in here focused, really looking to drive. I'm not going to say that they're a contender to win it all, but I think they are a contender to make the Final Four. It was not a good thing that they got beat in the tournament sleepy. You had to see their body language and their interaction with their coach, Eric Musselman. We'll talk about that later. Well, we'll talk about that next Saturday. We'll see if they're still around. All right, let's <laughs> jump around. Houston Cougars, one of your favorites. I really applaud Kelvin Sampson, the job he's done. Strength of schedule, 58th overall. Do I think Houston can get to the Final Four? Are they a contender? Yes. Can they win it all? No. If you are feeling saucy, you can get Houston 15-1 to 1 right now. There are two losses to Temple and UCF. Okay, you know, I like what this team's done, but when they start to keep fast company game after game, I don't think they can sustain it. I like Houston personally. I, I have them picked, depending on what region they come in, if they have a, a decent, you know, decent path here, I think they can make the Final Four. But I think what it takes, Bernie, in order to get that far is it takes a guard like Corey Davis Jr. He is not afraid to take over a game. He's not afraid to take that big shot. He will gut out. Uh, I think a couple wins by himself here, at least in the first round or two for Houston. I think Houston definitely a contender. Kentucky, 11th strength of schedule, ranked overall. Final four, yes, win it all, no. Kentucky, Calipari's got a nice club that gets to the charity stripe. Top six in the country. These freshmen, they're no longer freshmen. They have a way of coming of age in the tournament. I can't go against Kentucky. I mean, they're going to be all right. I think the experience helps them, obviously, watch it. What they did with Tennessee, Bernie, tells me that they're that they're a really good team. It depends oh, yeah. on their path uh, more than anything. I think if they run into a bunch of roadblocks along the way, they could get knocked out. But I think they're a contender. 
Tennessee, you just mentioned them. Can they get to the Final Four? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, if they beat Bruce Pearl and Auburn tomorrow mm-hmm. in the SEC Conference Championship game, Sleepy, I'll tell you what, they're going to get some love for number one seed. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get a number one seed. In terms of strength of schedule, they rank 41th overall, 41st overall. Try that again in English. Uh, look, they're going to get a high seed, but they're not going to get a number one seed. Can they get to the Final Four? Yes. Can they win it all? No. Uh, let me let me make a, a case argument for Tennessee getting a number one seed. Everybody remembers what they saw last. Well, what they're going to see last is probably tomorrow, Tennessee winning that game. I think they'll get a number one seed over, more than likely, North Carolina. I think they can win it all, Bernie. I think they have enough experience. that Their, their bone is very good. Schofield, Williams, they have a solid team. And I'm not going to hold that loss that they had to Kentucky against them. They came back and beat that team, you know, after, after that embarrassing loss. They look pretty good, so Tennessee, they're a Final Four team of mine. Now, keep in mind, one of the good points Sleepy brought up off air, we're projecting and sort of speculating Final Four teams because we don't know the matchups and regions, as you said, Mm -hmm. Sleepy, before the show. These teams, could three or four of these teams could end up in the same region. They can't all get to the Final Four, but you get our drift in terms of who we believe is capable. We're going to have some more final thoughts on some contenders and pretenders and bubble teams and best bets at the end of the show, so stick around. I want to remind you that Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. Become a new card member, and Discover will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. By the way, have you heard the term survive in advance? You know, this is the 40th anniversary of the Magic Bird Championship game. You might not know it. It almost didn't happen. We're going to share the real story next. I'm Bernie Fratto. Come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And you know... This is the 40th anniversary of the most watched March Madness final game in history, and I expect that to be mentioned about 6,000 times in the next few weeks. Commonly known as the Bird Magic Game, everybody knows about it, even if they weren't even born yet. But very few people know the backstory and how dangerously close Michigan State came to not even getting a bid. So let's welcome in a gentleman I had the privilege of working with for many years at CBS Radio in Detroit. In addition to winning multiple Sportscaster of the Year awards and Emmy awards, he had the distinction of covering the 1979 Magic Johnson-led Michigan State National Champions. Say hello to Mark Wilson. What's happening, fella? Bernie Fratto, glad to be with you on this election Sunday, St. Patrick's Day Eve. Wow, you got got it all covered there. Nicely done. Got it it all in there. (laughs) Mark... Take us back to the first month of Big Ten play and the slow start the Spartans had and the realization they had some real work to do or they might get left out. Yeah, big time, because uh, they did start that season after the 78 finish where they went to the regional final, lost to Kentucky. They went on with Jack Gibbons, Goose Gibbons, and Cal Macy. It was, it was a disappointment, and they started the season 9-1. and one. So it looked good at the beginning. They got to number one in the country. And then here comes this Big Ten season. They start 4-2, and two, Bernie. Then there's this game at Michigan. I went to Chrysler for that. Johnny Orr with the slowdown. Uh, they did a great job on Magic and Kelser. I think it was like Mike McGee and Alan Hardy. There's names for you. And Sparty loses 49-48. Okay, so just two days later. Now remember, back then, Big Ten played on Thursday, Saturday. There was no Big Monday, Wild Tuesday, Super Wednesday. <laughs> you know, they didn't have that. They had almost back-to-back games, Thursdays and Saturdays. That's how it was back then. So they got to go to Evanston. They got to go right to Old McGaw Hall, the rickety place with the corrugated metal and the dirt floors, and Northwestern. When I tell you, and I drove there, it was terrible. It was January, and we had the blizzard. And if it had been two days earlier, I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, but when I tell you, Northwestern was the worst team in the country. They were the worst team in the country. They only won six games all year. We have all these, you know, schools now at various conferences. So Northwestern was terrible. And I'm telling you from the outset, they dominated. Brian Gibson, Rod Roberson, these are names, Jerry Marifke, Pete Bozen. They dominated, and it was unbelievable because they. Th- I think MSU thought it would be after the Michigan game, maybe kind of a break, like a practice session. And it wasn't. It was a practice session for Northwestern. We couldn't believe what was happening. There's these stories now about, you know, that 4,000 people were there, and by the end it was 41,000 people that showed up because of the radio calls. No TV for the game. It wasn't that. <laughs> there wasn't that many people there. 
I don't think anybody showed nobody was even following Northwestern basketball. Magic had a good game. Irvin uh, actually had a triple-double, believe it or not, in that game, Bernie. He had 20, I think it was 26, 10, and 10. But Kelser and the rest, and Charles and Berkovich and Vincent and Terry Donnelly did not play well. So MSU loses by 18, 83-65. Bernie, they're 4-4 four and four now. They're 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten, and no one is thinking about a national title at this point. Now, what you want to know about, I'm sure, is after the game. Well, so what's the message at that point, Mark? They're 4-4. Four and four. As you said, they come off the great season, losing to Goose Givens in Kentucky. I have to believe the expectations were a national championship heading into 79. But you talk about a speed bump, and that's tonight's theme. Speed bumps. How do these teams deal with failure? So what was the message from Judd Heathcote to the team? Well, How did the they pick up the pieces? Was, after the game, I went on. I, don't, I can't remember anybody else there. If there was, I didn't see them. I had my little tape recorder. I got a couple of gigs in town. I'm still a student there. I was a campus radio sports director. But I got a little recorder, and I could hear the screaming through the door. Magic screaming at Judge, Judge going with Bill Barry, somebody said Dave Harshman, and then I could, you could, it was audible, the paper-thin door. I actually tried to turn my recorder on to get some, I could, and when I played it back, it was just muffling, so I never kept it or anything like that. I wish I had it to this day, of course. Who would have known? But this shout fest, and I'm telling you, when they opened the locker room door and I got in there, maybe there was a Daily Northwestern guy. Actually, most of the people were over at Northwestern. That was where their story was. My story was in the Michigan State locker room. They had calmed down. Cooler heads had prevailed. You know, over the years, I'll tell you a little postscript in a second, but um, they kind of had, by that time, they just said, look, we're very frustrated. They were very down about it. They just had these two terrible losses to Michigan, and now this 18.8365 thing (laughs) uh, to the Wildcats. Uh, But I'm telling you, that might have been the come to Jesus. Because after that, they lost only one more game. They went on a 10-game winning streak. The last game of the season of the Big Ten, they lost at Wisconsin on the West Matthews. Yes, that's West Matthews Jr.'s dad. Uh, half-court shot. Try to find it on the Internet, on YouTube or something. It's there, but you have to know how to get there. Because, again, no television. So this one more loss. But that one more loss put him in a three-way tie for the Big Ten title. Exactly. There was no tournament back then. Right. Big Ten tournament. So it was Michigan State, Purdue, and Iowa. They only took two. And it ended up being the Spartans in Iowa. So they're that close to not even getting in, possibly, to this thing. If they lose one game of that 10-game winning streak, they might not have gotten in at that. It would have been, what, 12-6. and six. And, and Mark, that might folks, not have done it. They might have gone with Purdue and Iowa at that time. You know, folks, it was Mark. very strange back then. They'd just gone to 40 in the tournament. It was from 32 to 40 at that, for that first year. So to, to answer your question, that loss might have been. Now, can I give you the postscript on this? Go ahead. Before I even, if you want to talk about how they did the tournament because they won every game after the Wisconsin game. I, I, um, I did the Judd Heathcote Coaches Show for a decade. And over the years, I would mention this to Judd. And <laughs> Judd hated talking about losses. You know, God rest his soul, Judd passed away, oh, what is it now, a year or so ago. And he would, I would say, hey, John, I'd like to bring up the 79 championship, but I'd like to bring up the Big Ten. He goes, okay, Mark, but I don't want to hear about Michigan or Northwestern. He would say it all the time. He just absolutely despised talking about those losses. Because he didn't necessarily, and he always used to tell me, I think sometimes you think it was worse than it was, and he'd give me a wink. I said, I oh, know, yeah, I heard it, dude. I was right there. And yeah, I called him dude. So that's kind of the postscript on that is that he kind of acknowledges 
He doesn't think there's a lot you can learn out of losses. Tom Izzo is totally different. We call Tom Little Judd, but Tom has always thought you can learn off losses. Judd never thought you could. And so he never wanted to acknowledge the fact that that Northwestern game, that 18-point loss, might have been the impetus to win the 10 in a row, the one loss to Wisconsin, and then they rolled for the tournament. Double-digit wins. I was there for the whole ride. Mm-hmm. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Market Square Arena, Indianapolis, and then finally the... Uh, I guess it was called the Event Center, then the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City for the national title. I've only got about a minute left, unfortunately. But what I'd like you to do (laughs) with Mark Mark Wilson, media mogul, many years in the Detroit media market, radio and TV, Emmy Award winning, covered the 1979 Michigan State Spartans. In In our final minute here, Mark, before I have to let you run. Was true doubt inserted, or when you got those guys behind closed doors, did they rally and still believe they could bring home a national championship? Not after the Northwestern game, Bernie. I really think they were down about it. Uh, and it wasn't until they played the Ohio State game next, the overtime win, and then really when they got to the Huntsman Center and finally beat Penn in the in the semi and then had the great Larry Bird and the 33-0 Bird just mm-hmm. barely beat it to Paul and Mark Aguirre, they really they were on all cylinders. And they win that national championship, the great magic pass to Kelser for the final dunk. And it's well documented on YouTube. You can see the whole game. And that 24.1, like you said, Bernie, still to this day is the highest watched, most watched NCAA championship game ever. Might be the most watched basketball game ever, but it's pretty close. Um, But, yes, I think that there was a lot of doubt during that whole run after that Northwestern game. And they didn't really get it back until inside the tournament. All right, Mark, I appreciate you coming on so much. Uh, I think Michigan State can get to the Final Four. If they do, let's get you back on. All right? Uh, that'd be great, but I, that changed the game, Bernie. That get, that season yes. changed basketball in many ways, both college and NBA. 100% agree. Thanks so much, Mark. That's Mark Wilson. Hey, Bernie, you got it. Good to be with you. Thanks, pal. Fox 2 TV Detroit, many years CBS Radio. I had the privilege of working next alongside Mark for the better part of a decade. We'll have to get him on later. wish we had more time. We have more business to get to, not the least of which you don't think we were going to do a show tonight without referencing Russell Westbrook and the little tete-a-tete he had in Utah the other day. And we're going to get to that. But first, let's go to Ralford with the latest. Well, thank you very much, Bernie. And we do start with conference tournament action. And, well, we've got a lot of teams making their way into the NCAA tournament field. Number five, Duke, a 73-63 winner over number 12, Florida State. They win the ACC final. Number... 17 Kansas, well, they don't win the Big 12 regular season. They don't win the Big 12 tournament. They fall to Iowa State 78-66. Jayhawks, though, will still get a bid for sure. Number 18, Buffalo. They're in the NCAA tournament. They beat Bowling Green for the MAC championship, 87-73. Number 25, Villanova, 74-72 winners over Seton Hall to win the Big East tournament. Also advancing out of the American East is Vermont. North Carolina Central wins the MEAC. San Diego State takes the Mountain West. Prairie View A&M the SWAC. The Big Sky goes to Montana. Conference USA is won by Old Dominion. Abilene Christian takes the Southland. New Mexico State is the champion of the WAC. Oregon surprises Washington to take the Pac-12. And UC Irvine cruised to the Big Ten or Big West final. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the NBA. There were eight games. Golden State, a 110-88 winner over Oklahoma City. Denver, 
stays right behind the Warriors. They beat Indiana 102-100. Utah wins their third straight 114-98. And San Antonio's won eight in a row. They beat Portland 108-103. And yes, this broke later in the evening, but Memphis in the Alliance of American Football has signed Johnny Manziel. That after they lost their quarterback earlier in the day playing Salt Lake. Bernie, back to you. All right, thanks a lot, Ralph. You know, Mike Singletier says, I want winners. Can't win with them. Can't win them. Something like that. Hey, Ralph, we'll let you run. Russell Westbrook and the fan, who do you place the greater blame on? You know, the way that Utah responded, I think they realized and they found out that it was the fan that uh, said some bad things. And my experiences, let's just say that it's, it's a rough trip going to Utah. Utah you, is, is a tough place. Nevada experienced it a couple weeks ago with Utah State. A lot of people have experienced it with BYU. And a lot of people have experienced it with Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it with the University of Utah. So there you go. Ryan, any thoughts on that? I agree with Ralph. Uh, you got to blame the fan here. He's the one who started it. He's the one who took it too far. Uh, but I, I, Russ also did take it too far by bringing his wife into it. But, um, but yeah, no, the, the fan started it. I blame the fan. You're right. I agree with you guys. The fan lit the fuse, which leads us to our first cut of the night. And in this cut, RJ examines the psyche behind the highly charged Russell Westbrook and what makes him tick. Is it the desire to win? Is it his inability to control his emotions or pick his spots? Could Westbrook use better discretion? Or is he just human like most people? The man has his limits. Let's give it a listen. What percentage of the time do we see of Russell Westbrook's actions? Like 1%, 2%? He's on the court. Otherwise, even if you take sleep out, it's a small percentage. I think this is the same thing as the Michael Jordan Hall of Fame speech. Have you guys all seen that? Where yes. like it's like the greatest player of all time. And instead of it being a victory tour, it was like a, a petty, you know, vendetta kind of driven thing. And in a weird way, that's why he was Michael Jordan. And to me, Westbrook seems like the distillation of desire to win, desire to try hard, whatever it is in his mind that's driving him to succeed, he just doesn't have the common sense or Nike behind him as much as Jordan. Jordan knew to do it behind the scenes. You know, when he hit, what was it, Steve Kerr, was it? Well, when he hit the guy, he didn't do it on TV. We just heard stories about it, right? When he was up at 4.30 in the morning, Betting 10,000 a hand on blackjack, we heard stories about it. Westbrook's doing it on the court. How different is the intensity of Westbrook to Jordan? And is the only difference is Westbrook in this case displayed it in an inappropriate way. Let's not debate, you know, if you're attacking a, even if it was just the guy, it's like you're on the court, you're getting paid millions. Part of that ticket price is them heckling you, right? It really is. Now, we can debate if it's racial, if it's homophobic, where's the line? You add in the ladies involved. Now, no one's going to debate that that's okay. The question is, why is it happening? You know, there's no simplistic way to deconstruct uh, Russell Westbrook. Sure, he's intense. He wants to win. Everybody wants to win. But what happened the other night could have been much worse. Trust me, I know. See, on some, 
On November 19, 2004, we were doing a radio remote at the Palace of Auburn Hills. I was with CBS Radio with Mark Wilson. The Pistons were hosting Indiana. You guessed it. We were there. The malice at the Palace. I saw the whole thing. Now, I know stuff you don't. I bet you didn't know that Tim Donahue was one of the referees that night, but I digress. I don't want to focus on the fracas. I'll tell that story some other day. I want to focus on the collateral damage and how it could have really affected you the better. Here's the backstory. It's better than the fight itself because, see, the Pacers were coached by Rick Carlisle. He'd been unceremoniously fired by the Pistons in 2003. He would like nothing better than to pay them back. The 03-04 Pacers had a hell of a team. They were loaded. They won 61 games. They met the Pistons in the playoffs in May 2004 in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the upstart Pistons, coached by Larry Brown, beat them in six games. Then they went on to beat the Lakers in 2004 Finals, four games to one. But the Pacers were a better team than they were, and they knew it. They were aching for revenge. They got off to a hot start the following season, and on the night of the malice at the Palace, Indiana was crushing Detroit by 17 points with 45 seconds to go. Ron Artest flagrantly fouls Detroit's Ben Wallace on a meaningless layup, and it was on. You know what happened. Here's my angle. The next day, Commissioner David Stern suspended eight players, six of them were Pacers, including Artest, who was very valuable to the team for the remainder of the season. He also suspended Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, and Steven Jackson, among others. It killed their season. They went from winning 61 games that year, the year before, excuse me, to only 44 games that season. And the franchise continued to spiral downward. Frankly, they've never recovered. Here's the rub. What if is a better? You were holding a futures ticket on the Pacers. Odds to win the conference or the NBA title or perhaps a ticket on the over-under win total. Fast forward to today. Imagine you're holding a futures bet on Oklahoma City. And it cost you money because Russell Westbrook suffered the same fate as Ron Artest, which I want to point out was all self-inflicted. Fortunately, cooler heads prevailed and Westbrook was merely fined. In past shows, RJ has talked about the integrity of sports leagues and the responsibility to provide a fair playing field to the betters. That fan had no right to carry his discourse to that level. And Russell Westbrook, while in the end ostensibly showing restraint, might have made matters a lot worse. Fortunately, he didn't. The moral of the story? It gives us something else to think about when plunking down your hard-earned money. You have to invest on teams and players you can trust. Anybody can perform under perfect conditions, but who's going to give you the best bang for your buck under adversity and uncertainty? I don't think Westbrook has proven he can. Do with that information what you will. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We've got to get to the Browns, Cleveland Browns. They've been in the news. Oh, no, by the way, Le'Veon Bell as well. We've also got best bets and some final thoughts on March Madness before Selection Sunday is upon us. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We remind you, Straight Out of Vegas brought to you by Discover. Become a new card member, and Discover will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Boy, the Cleveland Browns are really in the news. Everybody's going bonkers, and it's cut. Fezzik takes us behind the curtain to let us know how the acquisition of Odell Beckham affects Cleveland's power rating. And yes, yeah, they're upgraded. Spoiler alert. But Brad Powers pours some cold water on the Browns' euphoria. But when you hear him out, he's not wrong. Let's take a listen. 
Where do you have Cleveland with the addition of Odell Beckham? I like the addition. I upgraded Cleveland. They're currently my number 12 team in the NFL. And frankly, it's really just below Dallas, Seattle, and Minnesota. So Cleveland is just barely missing the top 10 in the NFL. But top five, no way. Yeah, so that's a big reach then to put them in a top five Super Bowl contender when they're sitting at 12 which is you know barely into the top half of the league brad where do you stand odell beckham obviously an upgrade they've got two dynamic wide receivers the offense looks shiny it looks fantastic baker mayfield showing all the promise in the world what concerns you about the browns i'll start with the head coach freddie kitchens who's never been a head coach before in fact i mean prior to last season only has what a half year of experience being a coordinator and now not only a first-time head coach but now you got a lot of, I would say, demanding personalities in that locker room. Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield. How does a, a relatively new coach with no experience handle all this extra pressure among the players? Not used to handling a lot of pressure very well. That's one of my, probably one of the biggest question marks I have is actually the head coach, Freddie Kitchens. Brad Powers is right. Now I'm a reasonable guy. For all we know, Freddie Kitchens might be the next Freddie Mercury, and they'll be singing We Are the Champions in Shaker Heights next year. But how do we know? With no pressure or expectations, he only had to guide the ship for seven weeks last year. Now he's been handed the keys to the castle. There's no way to know how he's going to do in a role he's never been in. And I love Baker Mayfield, but he's got eight starts. Another point. A lot of mouths to feed. Big Eagles. What happens when certain people don't get their way? Frankly, I'm blown away by the overreaction by betters. The over-under for wins will project it to be about 8.5, and, and that's pricey. It's minus 160 to the over. Wow, this team is two years removed from being winless. Now look, I'm really looking forward to watching the Browns play next year. It's a developing story. But there's one more thing that will concern me. Remember that swagger they had last year? A lot of that came from defensive coordinator Greg Williams. He's gone. No longer part of the team. Frankly, I think they're going to miss him too. Remember, Cleveland only beat one team last year with a winning record. And really be this, Batman. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now an underdog. Oh man, let's see how that plays out when the Browns and Steelers meet up. Pittsburgh is the most resilient franchise in the league and Cleveland is going to have to contain James Washington and James Conner as well as Juju Smith-Schuster and Dante Moncrief who caught 150 balls in the last four years that's Dante Moncrief did now why do I get the feeling Big Ben and company are just lying in wait there are finally genuine expectations in Cleveland that's a good thing but to whom much is given much is expected stay tuned speaking to who much was given Le'Veon Bell in this cut Brad Powers updates us on the Jets' Super Bowl odds. Did I just say that? And how much they've improved since a couple of key acquisitions, not the least of which is Le'Veon Bell. But Steve Fezzik reminds us to temper our expectations, and he lays it out in fine fashion. Give it a listen. The Jets, again, the opening odds had the Jets, one of the bottom five, six teams in the NFL, 100-1 to prior to this year's Super Bowl to win next year's Super Bowl. Now the Jets, after a couple of trades, not only Le'Veon Bell, but getting a a really good uh, linebacker starter in C.J. Mosley, the Jets have went from 100-1 to to 60-1. to Where does that place the Jets? Right around, if you stack rank them, who has the best odds to win the Super Bowl, Jonas? The Jets, now 21 as far as the Super Bowl odds go. And I actually had the Jets, my 25th rated team, when I stack rank them, I think the Jets are going to win six or seven games. And a key issue here is no matter how good a running back is, and Bell's a really good running back, but they just don't move the needle in Vegas. And frankly, no uh, non-quarterback position player ever moves a team's season win projection by uh, even half a game. So even though 
you hear with from the fantasy guys, oh, he's unstoppable. It's such a great addition. It really very rarely makes any kind of significant change in a team's projected wins. I think instead of winning six games, now the Jets will win six or seven games. It is an upgrade, but the Jets still a significantly below average team. First, I thought Adam Gase was a great hire. He'll do a terrific job developing Sam Darnold, and now he has help. In addition to carrying the rock 20 times a game, Bell will also catch 80 balls this season. That's going to take pressure off the other Jets' weapons like Jermaine Curse and Isaiah Cowell. But this is still a work in progress. The Jets set a message to their fan base. They're open for business when they got the checkbook out for Le'Veon Bell. But frankly, they might have poked a bear or, you know, the Patriot. Make no mistake, Brady and Belichick, they've noticed and they've acknowledged the New York Jets got their attention. The Jets look better on paper, but the games aren't played on paper. You get my drift. All right. Your favorite part of the show, best bets, Sleepy Jay, you were hot. Again last week, you gave our listeners another winner with the Houston Cougars. Who you got this week? Another winner for tomorrow, Bernie. Best bet, NBA. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat, minus three and a half. Miami, they're going to be playing their fifth game in a row at home. Charlotte, they'll be playing their fourth game in a row on the road. Miami Heat currently sit in the eight seed, Bernie. And Miami has a one-game lead over a few teams, one of those teams being Charlotte. Miami, they're also coming off a loss to the Bucks. Charlotte, they're coming off a win to the Wizards. Miami, they have recent revenge here against the Hornets. So situationally, Miami has a monster edge. Give me the Miami Heat tomorrow, minus 3.5, my best bet. There you go, Sleepy. Miami Heat, minus 3.5. My best bet tomorrow, we're going to go to the Ivy League. We've got a double revenger. I've got a situation that's 29-5 and five in the last 34. Yale... Is minus four and a five, minus four and a half over Harvard. Lay the points. It's a double revenge game, and in those games this year, if a team's coming off two losses to the same opponent and they're laying three points or more in the next game, they're twenty nine and five in the last thirty four. That would be Yale tomorrow. Take Yale minus four and a half points, folks. We're just hours from Selection Sunday. Hopefully your bubble team gets in. Take a hard look at Utah State. I'll tell you more about them next week. I hope they're still alive. They play with joy and they're good. That is going to do it for tonight's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. But I want to thank my L.A. team of extraordinary gentlemen. Ryan Bershinger, he writes the songs who make the young girls cry. Iowa Sam, he may be from Iowa, but like ZZ Top once said, he's bad. He's nationwide. Ralph Irvin, a true renaissance man and an inspiration for generations to come. And, of course, my man here, Sleepy Jay, he continues to serve our country with honor and distinction. May your best team win next year, next week. Next up, the Jason Martin Show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey! 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.